Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Welcome to this episode of Growth Marketing Today. I have Wesley Bush, who talks all about product-led approach to growing your SaaS business. Now, there's this thing that's been picking up steam in the past few years. It's called product-led growth, and Wesley has been in on it all the way. In this episode, you'll learn why product-qualified leads are so much more qualified, quote-unquote, than marketing-qualified leads. You'll also learn how to increase your freemium or free trial conversion. And finally, you'll learn what are some big mistakes that marketers or founders make when implementing freemium or free trial. Now, Wesley has been helping SaaS companies grow for the past five years and has spent millions of dollars acquiring customers and growing them using product-led approach. Now, I'm super excited about this. If you want to get some show notes, high-impact quotes from Wesley, and other goodies about this episode, go ahead and go to growthmarketing.today forward slash 037 or there's a link in the description here once again that's growth marketing dot today forward slash 037 i have a request for you if you've been listening on this growth marketing day podcast for the past few months or episodes i'd love for it if you gave me a feedback some review on itunes and follow me on spotify i've been listening to a lot of podcasts on spotify nowadays you know what i'm i'm gonna stop rambling on let's listen in on my chat with wesley hey everyone i have here wes bush uh he is the founder of traffic is currency i'm so excited to talk about with him about product-led growth how's it going it's going great thanks for having me on the podcast <laughs> i'm so excited to talk about this because like we were just chatting about uh, a, l- a little bit of banter before we got on this podcast is that product-led growth has really been picking up steam with a lot of different companies. Yeah, absolutely. It's been really cool just to see so many companies embracing product-led growth and whether it's through a free trial or freemium model and just growing much faster than their their typical counterparts. That's so true. And, you know, before I jump into product-led growth because it's, it's such a cool thing, you know, can you tell to my listeners a little bit about your journey so far and i know you're you know for my listeners who don't know we've been chatting back and forth for a few years you're in thailand right now right you're jumping on this call yeah so i started traffic is currency and i only focused on two problems i just help b2b SaaS companies launch and then optimize free trial and freemium models so i'm all in on product-led growth nice yeah that's good uh, can you tell me a little bit about your career journey so far like where you started in um what companies and what were you doing and then what led you to uh, product-led growth yeah no absolutely it's been a fun journey so started about seven years ago in the SaaS space and when i started i was really just in charge of figuring out how to grow companies as quickly as possible and so i was fortunate enough to work at some really uh, big vc-backed companies and given crazy big budgets to just figure out like how can i grow this business the fastest and so i invested millions in whether it's advertising content programs and i found that the results were Okay, but whenever we launched a free trial frame model at Vidyard, I quickly saw like, wait a minute, there is this demand here where so many people just want to sign up for a free trial freemium model and see what the product can do for themselves. A lot of people are tired of just the, the sales games of the traditional sales approach of going 
going through the qualification call and then talking to the AE if you're qualified and then the next steps, the next steps, and then you finally can buy the product. <laughs> so it, it's actually crazy how hard it is to buy the product. And so whenever we launched the freemium model, it was just crazy to see that hundreds of thousands of people had already used the product, loved it, and then actually upgraded because they loved the experience. And so I was really bought in at that point where I said, all right, although there is the traditional way of growing a SaaS business, product-led growth is the future. That's where people want to buy the product when they can actually try before they buy. That's so good. Yeah. So like even in the real world, especially in business to consumer, people want to try, like you said, before they buy. And that's something that they're looking for here. For my listeners who don't know, what is what is freemium and uh, why has freemium and free trial become so popular lately? Absolutely. So freemium is a little bit of a samurai sword. And so I love using this quote by Rob Walling, who is the former CEO of Drip. And so he basically said that freemium is like the samurai sword. If you don't know what you're doing, you can easily cut off your arm. And it's so true. Freemium, for those of you that don't know, is a powerful customer acquisition model where you give part of your product away for free. And by doing so, you really just attract a lot of people who want access to that part of the product. And what you're banking on is that people are eventually going to upgrade because they want access to more of your product. Now, if you don't know what you're doing, you could have just given away the most valuable part of your product and now you're just operating a charity. So there's a lot of problems that can go wrong, but yes, a lot of people like to go go for the freemium model because there is just so many uh, intrinsic benefits from going down that path. That's so true. And that's what <clears throat> one of the things that is important in this product-led growth uh, is the idea of product qualified leads. Now, how do you know somebody's like product, a product qualified leader and what is what is it mean to be product qualified lead? Yeah, so I guess I'll take a step back and just kind of break down like what is a product qualified lead for those that don't know. So a product qualified lead is really when you identify that some user within your product who recently signed up has got to a specific point where they say, all right, I get the value of the product. And by doing so, you have identified that they've got value from the product. So an example of this, for instance, might be if we look at the tool Drift, a live chat solution. Mm. So if you sign up for Drift's free product and you get 100 conversations through your website from using Drift, that is a product qualified lead. That is someone who has identified, I get the value of the product. And so in many cases, product qualified lead is so much more powerful than marketing qualified leads just because it's actually based on what someone did in the product. And in a lot of cases, a marketing qualified lead can really be based on vanity metrics. Mm. Like you give a certain white paper 25 points until someone scores 200 and then boom, they get sent to the sales team. <laughs> and meanwhile, that's a student who is just trying to fill out a research paper and now you're <laughs> contacting them. <laughs> so, so it's just it's sometimes pretty ridiculous whenever it comes to marketing qualified leads and are they really relevant today or not? Yeah, and it seems like is very tied into the actual value of the product, right? You talked about Drift. 
you know, the true value of drift is that those conversations and, you know, setting that threshold is, is it shows that somebody's active enough that they're probably ready to purchase the product. Yeah, absolutely. And by that time, whenever sales reaches out to a product qualified lead, for a lot of the companies that I work with, sometimes they're closer, right? it's one in three. It's insane. Just because those people understand the value, you're not trying to sell them on anything. You're just trying to help them. Right. Yeah. And they've already experienced it. And, uh, you know, they're, you don't have to explain as much as what your product does because they've been dabbling in it and they've been getting value out of it. One of the things where this can fall apart is setting that threshold. Because if you say, if you set, you know, set it too low where it's like 25 conversation, let's say for Drift versus like a thousand conversation before they become a PQL or product qualified lead. How do you help companies that you work with figure out that specific like threshold before they become a PQL? Yeah. So that is the million dollar question (laughs) for a lot of companies. (laughs) And it really depends on where business is at in their journey. So if your business has been around for a while, you've had a free trial free model going for a long time, you should have reams and reams of data that you can start to analyze. And what you're looking for is just what are those behaviors that lead someone to becoming a lifelong customer? and that stays for a really long time and gets consistent value from the product. And so you're just looking for like, what are those specific behaviors and what did those people do early on in their user journey? And so you're not always gonna get it right the first time. In fact, most companies don't, but it's a constant trial and error. Just like you A-B test on the website, you're trying to figure out like, what are those behaviors that are most likely to lead to someone actually upgrading? Nice. That's true. So just simply testing, figuring out what is what is that threshold. Now I'm gonna take a step back and uh, can you explain your process when you help clients uh, try to increase their free trials or the freemium conversion? What would be the first steps and the next steps that you would do to get them there? Like they want to increase the trials or f- freemium conversions. Absolutely. So my framework for helping people get more users into customers is called the bowling alley framework. Nice. So let me ask you, like, how familiar are you with bowling? I've I played it once and twice. I'm not a uh, pro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me neither. So if you wanted to cheat a little, let's say we decided to put up bumpers. Now, you can do that if you really want to knock down all of those pins, and or at least a couple of them. You, we can really increase your odds if you use bumpers. And so if you're a rookie like me, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And whenever you think about your onboarding experience, like the goal is really to get people to strike out the first time. You want them to experience the product in all its glory the first time. And so you want to make it easy. And so the best way to do that is to really drive it down a straight line, the ball right to the strike zone and hit all the pins down. And so in your product, what that'll look like is you're really just trying to eliminate all those unnecessary steps that are in the way of someone experiencing that value that you're promising. And now, even if we tried our best, there's always gonna be people who just can't get to that point. And so you're gonna have people fall off. Like Intercom claims 40 to 60% of your users will try your product once and never come back. And so that's where your bumpers come in. And so in my framework, there's really two bumpers. There's your product bumper, 
which is everything you can do in your product, whether that's a tooltip, a checklist, or something to guide people closer towards that outcome where they experience value. And then when you can't get them, when they're out of the product, you gotta catch them where they are. And so that's where the conversational bumper comes into play. And you can use emails, even in-app uh, notifications, and really just get people to come back to the product. And so that's the whole goal of the conversational bumper. And by doing so, you're really creating this environment where no matter what, <laughs> whether people leave your product or not, you're driving them towards that outcome. I like that. I like that analogy with the two bumpers. Uh, that's very visual. I'm curious if there's any... Would this work for any B2B SaaS companies or would it work more for specific maybe price point or specific types of products, uh, this whole framework? Yeah, no, the framework, I've tested it on lots of different industries and other SaaS companies and it works. It's, and when you think about it, why wouldn't it work? Because you're just trying to help people experience the value of your product as soon as possible. And if someone is actually seriously considering buying your products, why wouldn't they want to experience the value as soon as possible? So it's a win-win scenario. You're gonna get more upgraded customers if you help them upgrade their life. Nice. Wow, that's a good tweetable <laughs> phrase right there. <laughs> How about for really complex products um, that really might take a long time for them to you know, go through the whole experience? Um, I can't think of any example at, at the top of my head, but would there be like complex products that would not work? Yeah, so an example, I, I was just working on this one project. It's a $500 million SaaS business, and they have a very complex product. There's no doubt about it. But in the bowling alley framework, what that first 10 pins might look like is maybe installing a specific application on someone's servers. And so even though that person, once they complete that item, they are not by any means being like, I understand the full value of the product. But no, they achieved a huge mm. milestone. And so you're just trying to drive people towards like, what are those maybe there's two or five big right. milestones someone has to do before they experience that value, but you're really just trying to make a bite size. So you can keep someone's motivation up and you're really, if you think about it on like a highway too, you're like, you're lighting up all the lights so that people can find where they need to go. Mm, yeah, that's true. And it's almost like a airplane landing. You you want to make sure all that light lights are lit up for them to land. When it comes to big mistakes that marketers and uh, founders do with this whole onboarding process, like what are some things that you've seen, like big mistakes that some marketers and founders make? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I will <laughs> share with everyone the top one. Okay. And if any of your listeners implement this one, if they currently have this issue, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to see a, a nice little uptick in your MRR. So it's, it's worth listening to, but it's really simple. And so the first biggest mistake I see a lot of founders make is that they require an email activation step. And so what this will look mm, like, let's say what? I sign up for your free trial or your freemium product. And as soon as I sign up, boom, it says, congratulations, you signed up. Now you have to check your email and verify. And <laughs> so what happens here is that typically in all the companies that helped 20 to 30% of people just do not complete that step. They say, all right, I got something better to do. Uh, maybe I'll get to it later. Or maybe they check their email 
and then they see a message from their boss or someone else and they get distracted. I mean, we're human. We're like, our attention spans are a goldfish. So <laughs> it's really a huge blocker for many companies in their onboarding experience where they immediately have to direct them towards the activation step. And so by eliminating that, I just went through this process with one company and we were able to improve or boost their MRR by 20% by wow. just eliminating <laughs> this one step. And so it's really, really powerful because if you think about it, when you're catching people, when they're so motivated to sign up for your product, and then you're tossing them to like their email bin, which is like very low motivation kind of task. It's so distracting for so many types of people. And so by eliminating it, you're just maintaining that motivation. So you're delivering on that experience that you're promising. It's so good. I, I get that all the time. It's like, oh, verify your email. And then sometimes it goes to spam, right? And then like, oh, now where is it? And it takes some time. So it takes away the motivation from actually trying the product. Kind of curious if you're pro asking for credit card upfront or not asking for credit card before they uh, sign up for the, the free trial of freemium. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're against it. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there is so many people that are claiming like, oh, you should have like a $1 free trial. Oh, no, it should be $7 hour. You should just have no credit card at all. And so I always like to go with the data first approach. And in most cases, you are much better off to just not ask for the credit card upfront because it's like putting so much friction into your buying process, right? When you're just trying to build trust, it's like asking for, um, if you're going on a date or actually not even before you go on a date, like if before you even know someone, it's like asking for their number. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, come on, dude. Like this is not cool. And people don't respond that well to it. And the conversion rate shows it. You're looking at typically at like less than 1% conversion rate on those sites that use a credit card. And what the founders will claim is that, wait a minute, if I use a credit card, my free to paid conversion rate is so much higher. And it's true. It most often will be if you require a credit card up front, but that's because you're throttling that funnel so much. And so it's really not the ideal experience. Now, with that being said, like anything, there's a little disclaimer. It's like some cases, it makes perfect sense. For instance, there's this one stock photo company and they had to have a paid trial because what ended up happening is that so many people were spamming them. They were just like signing up for a new accounts and then downloading a bunch of free images and signing up for another account and doing it over and over and again until they got bots to do it for them. And so it became such a big issue where they said, all right, we need a paywall. We're not going to charge anyone anything until the trial's over, but we need to have that credit card to throttle this spam. And so the amount of people that have that issue is so small, but a lot of people like to just cop out and say, all right, we need only qualified visitors, which let's be honest, that you don't need to pull out a credit card to be a qualified buyer. That's true, right? And like, it goes back to what you said, you want to get them to try before they buy. There's that extra added friction of asking for people's credit card. And you talked about the conversion, you know, if they ask for the credit card, the conversion from free to paid might go up. I'm curious what you're seeing the standard is for like no, no credit card 
and then going from free and then to paid? Yeah, so typically without a credit card, you're looking, if you have a high performing free trial, it can convert from usually around like 10 to 25%. And that's really good. And then if you have a kind of funnel with a credit card, sometimes it might be anywhere from like 20 to 40%, which if you look at that one metric, you'll say, oh, that's so much better. Like we should all use credit cards. But the number, if we're looking at volume, you will make up so much more revenue if you have the non-credit card option. I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about tools that you use uh, with that whole bumper thing with, with the bowling alley, like in terms of your product and conversations, are there any specific tools that you look for in terms of researching uh, clients that you have and also any tools that you use for the conversation? I know you talked about Drift, but I'm curious if there's any other tools that you, you employ when you help clients out with increasing their, their product. Yeah, so I'm pretty tool agnostic and why I'm tool agnostic is because there are so many options out there that can help you get to where you want to go. And even if you have a very simple product, you might be able to custom code some of these tools yourself. But generally speaking, I find whenever it comes to product bumpers, a lot of my clients get value out of using a product like AppQs or Gainsight PX or Pendo. And those seem to really help people just roll out those product bumpers in a much quicker way where you're not having to wait maybe two to five sprint cycles for your developers to even consider this option because it's usually not a high priority. And so you can really save a lot of time by learning through just how to build these product bumpers before you might hard code it. And so on the conversational bumper side, there's tons of tools you can use. Um, the, the place is so crowded in this yeah, market. <laughs> just look at the latest MarTech landscape. Um, so there's like Intercom, there's Drift, there are just standard email. There's there's so many ways you can slice and dice it. So I feel like if you just Google email marketing tools or in-app <laughs> tools, uh, find the latest list and just use any. I like that. Uh, tool agnostic. I'm, I'm going to use that as well <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I, I've been following your whole journey this far, uh, and, you know, since we connected like a few years ago, and I'm excited that you're also writing a book called Product-Led Growth. Um, yes. I'm curious how that's coming along and maybe, you know, is there anything else that we haven't talked about so far that's in going to be in that book so you can give a little bit of like teaser to my listeners in what's going to be in that book. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about one of the big pieces of it, which is the bowling alley framework. So if you have a free trial or freemium model and you really want to learn how to convert those users into customers, that book goes so in depth into that framework. And so if anything, that's, that's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I can't wait. When is it coming out, by the way? It's coming out May 28th, so not too long. Amazon, iBooks, like where is it going to be this week? Or your website? Yeah, so it'll be on my website, trafficiscurrency.com, as well as Amazon. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm going to be uh, one of your first buyers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm curious, where else can people learn about product-led growth? I know you also ran a product-led growth summit. Is there any other resources that, you know, if I wanted to know a little bit about product-led growth or any of my listeners, like where where did you learn this? Because like it's, it's very new. Like where were some of the resources and, and other 
uh, figures or uh, marketers that you looked up to, to, to learn more about this? Yeah. So for myself, like I learn by just asking people who I think are really, really smart and just asking them to like hop on a call and chat. And so I kept doing that for years. And then it got to the point where I'm like, wait a minute, how could I, I make this better where it's more of a win-win for everyone else? <laughs> and so I created the, the product-led summit. And so that's honestly... That's just as much my best learning uh, place because I watch every single one of these talks and I love it because I am just learning so much from some of these people. So if you want to learn about product-led growth from people who are actually doing it, product-led summit. Just uh, check out the next one. It's coming out in July. Awesome, man. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to link that over here. And it's funny, that's actually how we connected. You messaged me on LinkedIn and we jumped on a call and we just chatted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly, and that's actually funny enough. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is just being able to talk to smarter um, marketers. I'm curious, what's next for you? Are you coming out with a podcast? Is there anything else that, other than the book that you're doing? Um, are you traveling back to Canada anytime soon? Like what is, what is next for Wes? Yeah, so for me, the book is like my night and day is what I'm focusing in on. So that's May 28th. That's what I'm most excited about. Oh man, I'm pretty excited for you about that. As a final question, actually there's two more questions. First one I want to know, what do you think about any advice or tips that you have for any marketers who might be starting out or maybe in the middle of their career and they want to progress even more? All right, so I guess if I was to go back and start everything over, I would take an effort to just start broad and look at like all the different skills. Like yeah, I know there's the, the perfect T-shaped marker <laughs> that a lot of people are familiar with, but just start broad. You'll find something that you really do like eventually and then just really follow that passion because you're going to learn so much if it's something you really do enjoy. And so I feel like if you don't enjoy it as much as the other person, it's, it's going to be hard to maintain it and become world-class at anything that you do. So try and align that passion and skill in the best way you can. Nice. No, that's so true. I think you start off broad and you start digging deeper and you've really yeah. really dug deep into product-led growth now right you're really like uh you said you double you doubled down definitely that's the final question i'm where can people find wes and and you know where can people find you online like where are you more active on any websites that you want to plug in so i lurk quite hard on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's like the place for marketers yeah. to hang out. You meet so many great people there. And yeah, just find me at, at Wes underscore Bush. Your website is traffic is currency, right? Dot com. Yep. You got it. All right, man. Uh, anyway, I think that's pretty much it. I don't want to take up any from more of your time. I appreciate it, Wes. Have a good one. No worries. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening on that episode with Wesley. Wow. I got so much out of that. I'm so fascinated with this whole product led growth. I'm going to be talking to more people who are in product-led growth. And now, once again, if you want show notes, high-impact quotes from Wesley, and other goodies from this episode, don't forget, you can go to growthmarketing.today forward slash 038 or 037, I mean. Once again, that's growthmarketing.today forward slash 037. Uh, and you also don't forget to sign up for our newsletter where I can email you this podcast and other giveaways that we have coming up. Other than that, that's it for this episode. I will see you in the next next week for that another episode of Grow Market Today. So, as always, keep on growing. Passion.